welcome to Living in the Past for another week. This is a podcast where we go through a month of the 90s almost every week. And this week we are doing March 1994. We're getting right into this, uh, this amazing 1994 season. My co-host is Ben. Hello. And uh, we, are, we are in the same room for the first time, I think, since... Ooh. Halfway through 93. Who even knows? Yeah. We have, I don't think I've seen you since January. 1993. 1993. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I don't think we've, we've seen each other since then. Um, just for, you know, whatever reasons, COVID reasons. Um, just didn't want to see you for a bit. That was like one thing. Need a break. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it so, was so easy. It got, like, I was, I was a bit anti-Zoom to start. Yeah. But it did get really easy. Um, and then I feel like we got a little bit better at all of this mm. and now I've come here quite confident that we know what we're doing and suddenly realized that I'm worried that we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up in the recording, but cause I, I, it's, it, we've, we've talked off mic about it. It's a whole different recording experience for both for zoom and for face face. Let's hope it's uh let's hope this all is usable. Um, but I, we got to get into this because there's, there's a bunch to talk about. Um, but first, before we go to the 90s, we do Living in the Now. Let's do some Living in the Now. Now, as was the case for February 1994 episode, we, um, you know, I, I could tell you that I've been watching a bunch of stuff. I've been watching The Offer on Paramount Plus, which is about the um, making of The Godfather. Everyone should watch the offer. It's amazing. Um, but you you went on another ghost uh, ghost jaunt. Um, this time not to the zoo. Some this time we're at like some some old. House. We went to the North Capunda Hotel. The North Capunda Hotel. Okay, so is this, the, is this the same group? No, this did... is a different company. Okay. Um, uh, so... so tell me, uh, North Capunda Hotel. Um, that's uh, that whole area is supposed to be teeming with uh, paranormal activity. Um, it's basically got so like a, it's basically got a, a river of slime right, <laughs> right, right underneath it, uh, like a Ghostbusters two situation. Um, so they say. So uh, tell me, uh, how many ghosts did you see? Um, I saw the ghost of my body leaving the room as the tour began, and I said, "Take me with you. This is the worst." Um, <laughs> You got me. I was like, uh, I'm gonna take a little sip of coffee, and then you said something funny, <laughs> and I had to spit it back in. <laughs> Paul forgot that I can tell jokes. All right. So, um, okay. It's given the situation, so like, uh, is, is it like ten people? Uh there's maybe thirteen or fourteen of us. Okay. Um, and we're all sat in this little room upstairs. The tour guide runs back downstairs because she thought there were still people waiting, and then she runs back up the stairs. And then she tells us a story of the angiograms she had that week because her heart was bad. Then she just stands there huffing and puffing for a couple of minutes while trying to talk. <laughs> oh, that's not funny. It's not funny, but it's... it's... Like, I'm going I'm to I'm be a ghost soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, so uh, and the people at the, the go- other ghost um, hunters, are they... Oh, this isn't the hunters. These are... So, because it's history month currently... Oh, so yeah. they say. So there's a difference between ghost hunters and ghost There hunters. is. Because we had uh, six, I'm going to call them elderly people. Okay. From probably late 40s to early 60s. I don't quite... You know when you get those old people and you don't know how old they are? Yeah. Because they've maybe just aged badly or they don't know how to dress. I don't know. Yeah. But they were history buffs. They just wanted to know about the history out north. They were staying in a caravan park. 
<laughs> old people things. Um, and then you've got wait. people that I just... I cannot wait for that part of portion of my life to begin. <laughs> you in a caravan park? Uh, me in a caravan park and going, which tour should I do tonight? And uh, just, you know... Come on, honey, it'll be fun. Let's just, let's just do a random tour. Random just... fucking tour, it'll be fun. And I'm going to... Oh, no. And we'll ruin it with, like, questions. <laughs> they just walked around looking grumpy the whole time and confused, which makes sense because it was an atrocious time. I don't want to speak ill of the company or the person doing it. Then we won't speak of the name. We won't. Um, but there was some sympathy to begin with because it seemed like, oh, this person's just really nervous. They're not comfortable. They haven't been doing it long. And then she said, I've been with such and such for 18 months now. And we went, fuck, you should be better at this. <laughs> she stumbled on all her stories. She didn't know, like, conversation. I So she told this story about some man who'd murdered this woman. Yeah. And you know, when someone tells you something bad, like you would just shake your head or like show disbelief that this yeah. happened. And she pinpointed me and went, yeah, no, what? Yeah. Agree. No. <laughs> yes. Did what? you, do, did you what? do it? Did you do it? Was it you? I, I don't have any input. I'm not running the tour. I'm just trying to give you, you know, the, a reaction that I'm listening to you. So the rest of the night I stared at the ground thinking, <laughs> don't move, don't move. Don't Where's move. Ben? Oh, he's just Blair witching it over the wall. It's like the creepiest part of the tour is when you're facing the corner. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it didn't really go um, much better from then on. We had some like little moments with a little teddy bear and like a K2 meter that there were some lights that might have been something. Someone might have farted. I don't know. <laughs> so reacting to a pacemaker. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, apparently they do sleepovers, so I'm keen to try that out. Oh yeah, because you know what's better than that is like an extended period of that. As long as it's not the same person, it's fine. It's <laughs> like now for the sleepover. Let's get my sleep apnea mask. <laughs> <laughs> we have the ghost of Darth Vader. <laughs> did you see? Did you find any ghosts? No. <laughs> So what's new with you? I can't talk that. <laughs> I got nothing going I on. I promise in April there will be no ghost tours. Oh man, it, I, I actually want you to go on more. So there's one at the start. I, I be, went to the movies three times this week. It's not living in the now anymore. It'll just be living in the living in the in the ether. Living, <laughs> living in the parent. Uh, we'll work it out. Um, what movies did you see just quickly? Um, the Nick Cave one. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, everything everywhere all at once. Oh, is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Fuck, I want to see that so yeah, bad. It's good. Yeah, don't see Nick Cave. Um, or Doctor Strange. I watched uh, The Adams Family too. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go on to the events. So this is the beginning of the, of the sads because uh, obviously we we know what's going to happen. Um, but, uh, it's, it's been interesting sort of, um, mapping out <clears throat> the events leading up to it. So Nirvana will play their last ever show in Munich. Um, because after that, Kurt Cobain will, uh, go into a coma after an overdose of Rohypnol and champagne in, uh, I, I believe that was in Italy. Yes. Uh, Rome. Rome. Yeah. Um, and also. Which is in Italy. Sorry. Just, you know. Clarifying. Yeah. And, uh, and also later that month, when he returns home, um, police come to the house and remove a bunch of guns from the house too. So mm. 
It's um, look, we're not going to go heaps into um, because like I mean, most people who be listening to this probably know the circumstances and stuff like that. But like, um, there is a couple of good books out there that sort of trace his last days. If you like Nirvana and Kurt Cobain, and you haven't read Heavier Than Heaven, yes, uh, I don't even read books, and that was. That was like uh, my Bible in high school. Yeah, I think everyone, like anyone that was like in the a music sort of nerd in that time, like would have read that book at some point. It's just, um, it was just probably amazing. extremely biased, but you know, I'm I'm all for it. So I'm just <laughs> I'm just checking up now. Um, their I just want to see what their last ever song was. I'm pretty sure it was like where you sleep last night. Because that's what I, I've got their set list here. Oh, if have you? Want. Yep. Uh, what's what's so what was the last? Oh, Hush Box. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Because they were Good usually choice. ending it with um, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Yeah, which they didn't even play that yeah. night. Um, they started off the set with My Best Friend's Girl. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if that was like what they came out in the stage to, if that's a little jam. I don't know. Very strange. <clears throat> It'd be interesting to go through some of these and just like... Because um, I know this is... Yeah, the, the tour was um, was pretty big. They had like the set pieces on the stage like with like the... In your artwork, and they had Pat Smear, and it was a pretty a pretty big deal. But yeah, so the last last had, one ever they had cello. Yep, well. last so the last song ever was Heartbreak Heart Shape Box. They'd ever play live as a band. Um, so we'll get into that more next month. Uh, so going on from that, now I'm going to try and do the sadder news at the start and not lead into sport with uh, <laughs> with with uh, depressing. So um, we talked last month or last episode about the Fred West and Rose West murders. In England, uh, they would continue to find bodies all throughout March. Um, so they're basically building the case against him. Um, I don't want to <coughs> focus on that too much. Um, in Adelaide, in our small town Ooh. of Adelaide, we had a um, a bomb go off and kill. Oh, um, is that in the city? That was in the city, yeah. yeah. So um, what would become to be known as the NCA bomb- bombing of Adelaide. Um, of Yeah, so they there's been articles this year... Because they're they're still they're actually bringing the uh, alleged perpetrator to to trial at the moment. What? Yeah, it's taken that long for it to to, to for people to find out who it is. Um, so what happened was uh, this is this is from the Age, and it's it's because I don't know nineties journalism was quite could be quite full on. So I'm going to read directly. It was an article by uh, Marianne Stenberg. So in the street lay 200 meters of wreckage. Broken glass, pieces of office furniture, and burnt paper. A telephone handset dangled from a charred window 12 floors above. Flesh from the killed NCA officer's body had landed in the shower of glass on the street below. This sounds more like someone's writing a crime novel, not yeah. <laughs> news. So, uh, yeah, basically a, um, a bomb was sent um, to the NCA of Adelaide um, and um, to this guy's desk. Uh and it exploded. Um, a, a lawyer also uh, got severely injured, and there was like three other people who went to hospital. Um, there's still like there's not a really a, um, detective uh, sergeant Jeffrey Bowen um, was the, was the name of the deceased officer. Um, they never. I had a look around. There's there's sort of reasons, but like it's it's all alleged reasons for it. It's like it, it could just be like an act of terrorism or an act of um, you know. At the at the end of the day, you don't really need to have a. <laughs> have a reason like if someone did that it's just a fucked up thing to do <laughs> and it's just like that's that's but it's enough. very weird that it's yeah and I, I, this I, sort of thing you think someone's going to come forth with you know 
the yeah. wires and you know. And they were finding out they were finding other um, uh, bombs. They found I think they they found another one that was undetonated. Uh, un- um, so they, they they got rid of that one. Um, but I remember my dad coming home that day because we were like, you know, I was twelve. Maybe a little too young to think like, you know, when you're younger and you're like, well, if your dad works in the city, you just assume that there's like one big office that everyone works in. <laughs> so like if anything happened, it's probably that office sort of thing. Yep. But um, he's like, nah, I'm a few streets away from that sort of thing. But I think it was, he wasn't like heats far away though. Um, well, it's not a very big city, is it? No. So um, I'm pretty sure. Um, so the the big thing that I got from the article that I read though is that um, the LA Council... Um, members that came to their assistance started sweeping up the the bomb shards and hence evidence oh god like oh i'm just kind of just trying to clean it and like that that reminds me of, of like a general adelaidean person in the 90s was like oh what's a mess in here i gotta go <laughs> we'll help we'll help it's all right we'll, help, we'll, we'll, all, yeah, we'll yeah. all chip in together <laughs> let's not stop doing that um so yeah uh just recently um dominic pear is the um the accused on trial and uh, like it, it, Last year, they, were, they they closed off a part of the city to um, go through evidence with him and, and get him to. And apparently, he was he was acting very suspicious the other day, and a lot of people said that he is your man. So, we'll, oh. I'm sure we'll find out at some stage, and I will keep you up to date with that. Um, let's go on to uh, Tonya Harding pled guilty. Um, her ex-husband also um, would eventually uh, plead guilty to attacking Nancy Kerrigan. You know, you can actually watch a video of it in pretty much real time. Of like the court case? No, of the actual incident. What? She comes off the ice and people are interviewing her. And then she goes behind a door and then something happens. And then you just see her like doubled over and like wailing. Because I mean... It'll be yep. amazingly bad, and they you basically are then following security officers out, and they're like, "We see, we saw this guy, this guy, what that went that way," and you can actually watch it in real time. Wow, it's really really fun. Um, we've got there's a lot of events here. You've listed a lot of events. I know. I wanted to get through a few. Um, we got uh, China China connected to the internet for the first time. Welcome um, China. The famous Loch Ness um, monster photograph that everyone sort of um, cites as like the definitive proof. This is called the surgeon's photograph. Was uh, confirmed to be a hoax. So, you know, whether you want that to be or not, I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of like it. How, how can you confirm that to be a hoax? You don't, wanna, you don't know. I want to live in a Nessie world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Church of England ordained thirty-three female priests. I remember that was pretty big in the day. So I remember we had a quiz about that last year. We did. Yeah, yeah. they're allowed to speak as well. <laughs> Um, and we've had the largest milkshake ever made at the time was in South Africa. Um, so we had... How big was this milkshake, please? All right. So the milkshake was 1,995 gallons of chocolate milkshake. Pretty big. Uh, like one thousand one hundred ninety gallons. One thousand nine hundred ninety-five. So one thousand nine hundred ninety-five gallons in in liters, because that's you know, that's how, how we do normal it. people <laughs> measure things. Yeah. Uh, gallons. Seven and a half thousand. Wait. Nine thousand liters. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't even like comprehend what that would be. Uh. Well. If you wanted to have it with something, in Japan, 
they had the world's biggest omelette to that point. I'm not a big fan of omelettes. Uh, look, if you look at this picture too, you would not. It's not. It's not. It's not good for the omelette uh, <laughs> identity. It's. Yeah. It's looking pretty pretty rough. Um, you've got basically this huge big circle, and there's just chefs all around it, um, uh, trying to flip it and stuff. I'll put that up on the. <laughs> I'll put that up on the. Um, how, on how heavy is this omelette? Uh, it's a one thousand three hundred eighty-three square foot, foot one hundred sixty thousand eggs. One thousand square feet. One thousand three hundred eighty-three squared feet. Yeah. That that's too big. That would not. <laughs> oh, is that that's that's no, no, that's well, too I mean, big. <laughs> if you've got a nine thousand liter milkshake, I don't know if that really measures out. Which, um, um, just for reference, rainwater tanks, those like giant round ones, yeah. they're usually like what two meters tall. Yeah, quite rotund. They're generally ten thousand liters. Yeah, so seven of them. What are you talking about? No, one of those would be the milkshake. Oh, okay. So you'd need, yeah, you'd need seven of them to eat that omelette. Or you'd need seven of them and then just not eat the omelette because omelettes are gross. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about drinking a milkshake and then eat an omelette and now I feel queasy. Um, I'm thinking about all the milkshakes I've had in my life that are so small. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go on to, um, we've got uh, a couple of other things that I wanted to get. Namely, it's, a, it's awards month. So your, your favourite Academy Awards, right? The Academy Awards, yeah. So um, not the Golden Globes, not the Rubbish Awards. This is actually, you know, stuff that matters. So it was Does hosted- it though? Whoopi Goldberg was hosting. Um, we had, uh, look, this is when we get some really, really decent award shows. I remember, I remember watching this one as well. Um, Schindler's List won for Best Picture, um, Bidding Out the Fugitive, boo. Um, I don't think you're allowed to boo that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, no, I suppose not. Yeah. What a weird thing! Like, what this is this this is the best picture um, nominees: Schindler's List, The Fugitive, In the Name of the Father, The Piano, and Remains of the Day. The Fugitive never stood a chance. No. <laughs> it's like just Harrison Ford is like, come on. That's just a pity nomination. Like this was good. Like you know, come on. No historical pictures this year. <laughs> just me running. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Um, so you got Steven Spielberg, uh, director, um, for best director. Um, you also had Tom Hanks win for Philadelphia, uh, Holly Hunter in the piano, which I hear tell is a very good movie, but mm. I fell asleep at it twice. <laughs> oh, sure um, it is. Best supporting actor, Tom Lee Jones from The Fugitive. Uh, when is his star going to fall and we can stop? My star does not fall. My star does not fall at all. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure I've seen him in some questions. If it did fall, you can find my star in any dark house, hand house, <laughs> the doubt house. <laughs> so moving on, who else? What do else wanna, happened? Do you want to know my, what my no. nominees? Leonardo DiCaprio beat him. For what? Ralph Fiennes, I beat him. What was what this, was Leo in for? For supporting actor. Tom Lee, Tom Lee didn't. He's, did you, are you not listening to Tom Lee? He says he beat him. Yeah, but what John was Malkovich his, what beat was, him. What was his film? Uh, what's even Gilbert Grape? Ah, uh, oh, yeah. Hmm. 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 Best he didn't win for that. It's kind of like a X Files Roland situation. Yeah, <laughs> take that award away. Um, John Malkovich actually, you know, he was up for in the in the in the line of fire. That's oh yeah, that was a pretty decent role. Yeah, that's a good film. I should have watched it. Beat him anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, so then we also had Ada Paquin for the piano. She won. Um, she's in that. Yeah, she's she a, even born yet. She's a yeah, she's a kid in it. 
So she she beat Holly Hunter in the firm. Rosie Perez, Winona Ryder, and Emma Thompson, and they just try to beat the shit out of her afterwards. <laughs> Wouldn't be hard if she was a child. <laughs> just like a child. Um, best screenplay was The Piano. Uh, best screenplay based on material previously published or published, uh, produced or published was Schindler's List. Um, and then the... Did they create that category just so Schindler's List could get another award? Yeah. Uh, original score was Schindler's List, and the best animated short film was The Wrong Trousers with Wallace and Gromit. Oh, it's begun. Um, and best original song was Streets of Philadelphia. Of course. Yeah. So, Fugitive got nothing except for um, the supporting actor. Uh, but we also had the other nothing awards, which is the Grammy Awards. <laughs> it seems unfair on the Fugitive because in other years you think it could have won. Like, Rocky <clears throat> won awards. Yeah. Rocky should never have won any award for anything. Maybe a Razzie. The first, no, the first Rocky's good. Now. It's good, but it's not an award-winning film. Nor is a Fugitive. No, but if you have it in a well, lean good. year... I want an award for it. <laughs> <laughs> See, Tommy has just left. But he heard. <laughs> Tommy never leaves. <laughs> We're talking about awards again? Come back in July, Tommy. And we'll talk about the client. Okay. Uh, um, so we had... Now, we had the Grammy Awards. The Grammy Awards... So we had the Academy Awards were hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. We had the Grammy Awards hosted by Gary Shandling. Okay. I would think that maybe we swap swap those two over. I don't know. No, because Whoopi's star was... She was riding pretty high at this point, was she not? After a couple of sister acts... Convincing she was she was big time. <laughs> convincing Ted Danson to leave cheers. You know, he had a she had a busy year. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Gary Shandling, I don't know if it's just me, I don't feel like he was ever a huge star. No, but he was a respected star. It was just like I just find like and I think he did this I did, he did the Grammys a couple of times and I like I don't know whether like I haven't looked too much into it, but like watched that doco that um Judd Apatow made of him, but you know, he always seems to be doing the Grammys and like, oh it seems odd. But anyway, so, um, look, record of the year was I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Album of the year was The Bodyguard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Song of the year uh, was A Whole New World from uh, the Aladdin. Film. What's the difference between song and record? Did I ask that last year? Uh, we haven't got time to get into this. Okay. Um, all I know is A Whole New World beat out Billy Joel for River of Dreams. And... It's the end, Billy. Um, best new artist was Tony Braxton. Uh, we also had so uh, best female artist pop vocal performance. Uh, I will always love you. She has won everything. Excuse me, where is Gabrielle? She. I thought dreams could come true. Apparently not this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we get into like the, the best ones though is like the rock alternative because like I still don't know what the the difference is between them. Um, so we got. So rock, uh, oh man, this is gonna this is gonna slay you. Mm. Actually, this is weird. I say nineteen ninety four Grammy rock section. This okay. is the, this is the nominees: Sting, Lenny Kravitz, Peter Gabriel, Bob Dylan for All on the Watchtower, oh. and the winner. I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. By Meatloaf. I mean, at the time. I guess this was still considered uh, come on. rock and or roll. Best hard rock performance with a vocal 
uh, with vocal with Stone, Stone Tall Pilots for Plush. Um, and or oh, maybe they took the alternative section out because I can't see that. Wasn't isn't it like hard rock slash? We've got best rock performance by a duo or group, which is Aerosmith for Living on the Edge. Living on the Edge. <laughs> um, beat out Spin Doctors, Two Princes, oh, and Soul Asylum. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a sliding doors moment there for those two groups. <laughs> You're a one hit wonder, or you are <laughs> living away from the edge. Do you reckon they'll put them all together too? Just like put all the sort of dirty like alternative hippies over there, yeah, and then put. Aerosmith there. <laughs> and don't invite Alice in Chains. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the Grammys. Um, uh, so, without further ado, um, and there better be some goddamn curtling, here's sport. All right. Is there curling? I mean, we had curling last month. Yeah. We had the... The Queen of the Hearts. Scott. Queen of, Scots, Queen, Queen of Hearts. Scott of Hearts? Scott of Scott Hearts? Of Hearts. <laughs> the Women's Curling Championships? All I know is that Canada won. Yeah, because it, Can- it was only Canadians. <laughs> Canada always wins. Um, <laughs> but we're not there yet. Okay. Because the AFL season kicked off. It did. It did. It, uh, that actually uh, links into something I've got later in the program too. Oh, mm. that's exciting. Is it one of those terrible, terrible songs that just lived on for way too long? Uh, that's got one part of it. has got part of it. Yeah. Um, Quite an exciting opening to the round. Okay. Uh, Collingwood Fitzroy, 11 points. Richmond Footscray, 2 points. Who won? Uh, look, who, <laughs> who wins these games isn't always important. Canada wins. <laughs> but so many times last year, like I didn't do the rounds every single... You're not going to go through every single score that comes through. <laughs> no, I'm not. But there was a lot of thrashings last year. There was, yeah. So yeah. it was nice to see you know, some, some decent games. Um, and your your crows won by sixty six over Carlton. Uh, by the way, uh, by this stage, I had been to Melbourne on a bus and come back. I am not on the crows train anymore. Ah, uh, that's too bad. Was it Football Park as well? Remember yeah. Football Park? Oh yeah. Um, but we only had one round in March, so metal seats. <laughs> <laughs> Better than concrete. Only boy of eleven years old that have got piles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had that same week. Uh, tying into our Tonya Harding news, the World Figure Skating Championships. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon that got like way more press now? Because like, oh, maybe someone will get bashed up again. <laughs> yeah, because it would have been all over the news. Yeah. And then suddenly, you know, NBC is like, hey, let's show the skating and people will watch it for the next two weeks. And they're like, wait, no one's getting beaten up. They would have watched it because the men's gold medal winner mm. was called Elvis. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Like, legit? Yeah, his name was Elvis Stockjo. Or Stock... Stod, Stock... Stocko? Not a very Canadian name. Hmm. Maybe it is. I'm not sure. Um, so that happened. Uh, I, I'm not... Like, figure skating is cool. It's impressive. That says enough. <laughs> uh, I was excited to say that the Sonics went 14-3 and three in March... And I, these are the non-Jordan years. Yeah. Well, non-Jordan months, I guess. So, very exciting times for the Sonics. Because they had like they, they could win. <laughs> they could potentially win. Um, uh, speaking of, Jordan made his baseball debut uh, down in Texas. Nice. Uh, struck out. 
Yeah, wasn't it that he wasn't very good, was he? He he got pretty good. But, but like, can you imagine the pressure on him that yeah. first game? And he strikes out, and they're like, ah. It's actually really nice how many players came out, and I'm sure there were guys that were mad that he was there taking the limelight. Like nine thousand, seven thousand people went to watch a spring training game. Yeah, it was stupid. No one gives a shit. Um, but there was a lot of players like I feel really bad for him. Like every single thing he does is critiqued and watched, and like. Yeah. He has to be the best at it. And he wasn't. Poor dude. Yeah, it's tough. Um, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Hey! Ties Gordie Howe's NHL record of 801 goals. I, I'll wait for film because I'm going to be talking about him in film. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? How is he a hockey player? Yeah. He looks like someone who's just like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll bag up your groceries for you. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not doing that now. Uh, two days later, he passed that record. Oh. Yeah, good news. Gordy. Um, Cleveland Indians, mm. this was in your events, I think. They banned smoking. Yeah, a lot of places did. Um, I was, uh, yeah. They're okay with the name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just, don't worry about that. Um, yeah, the De- Department of Defense uh, and a bunch of stadiums um, sort of said, like, probably shouldn't let just it go on everywhere with like children and people around who don't smoke and everyone went my body my choice <laughs> <laughs> their body my choice too <laughs> their body my choice um having said that i only discovered today i was today years old when i found out that cleveland have changed their name mm. as of the end of last year yes i'm not sure about the logo <laughs> i mean it took a while, but like I'll, I'll give them—I uh, won't give them props. Maybe a prop, <laughs> a singular prop. Yeah, yeah. You can you can have a cigarette for changing your name. <laughs> uh, Here's a Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't smoke it in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> My last little sporting news was our friend Daryl Strawberry is indicted on income tax charges. Look, I don't think it's uh, it's going to be giving too much way that it's, this is not going to be a good year for Daryl. Have you seen what's comes up? No. Hmm. Okay. I've, I've seen what's already been. <laughs> yeah. It's come nah, up a couple I times. was like, I just, I, it's almost because like, obviously, like we, we go to all the same places to get our our research. And then in the sports section, I'm like, oh, Daryl, <laughs> things aren't good. The Simpsons curse. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, uh, but we do have, of course, the highlight of every month. Curling? The curling. Excellent. The nineteen ninety four Canadian Senior Curling Championships. Please tell me it's like old people. <laughs> uh, I don't see the they age. They go all the way through from junior to senior. Junior. Junior. <laughs> Well, funnily enough, um, some of these people would have had to take a boat to get to it because they're from Newfoundland. It doesn't have the ages of the players, but based on the name, Sue Ann Bartlett, um, Jim and his nephew, Charlie, I sense there might have been some seniors involved. Cool. The highlight of this entire championship that you are going to love, Mm. it was held at the Hillcrest Sports Centre in Moose Jaw... 
Wait. What? Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. Yeah. I was thinking Saskatoon. Saskatoon. It's not Saskatoon, it's Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, awesome. I would love to live in a place called Moose Jaw. I can't believe it's a real name. And it's the fourth... Oh, it's the fourth largest, largest city in Saskatchewan, not <laughs> in Canada. I was like, so what? It's got, so it's no. got 50 people? <laughs> I, I mean, I... I do have their wiki page open, but I don't think I should get too deep into Moose Jaw's history during sports because sports is now over. Okay. You do your own independent resource about uh, about Moose Jaw, and it's uh, due, due at the end of the week. Um, so, let's get on to film. Now... This is definitely a case of uh, quantity over quality. Because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of movies here. There is. But there's not, um, not a lot going on. I really wanted to see The Chase and I couldn't find it anywhere because The Chase is, even though it's got um, Charlie Sheen in it, I remember being an awesome movie um, that I used to watch. It used to be on TV quite regularly. It's got um, Henry Rollins and Flea and Anthony Kiedis of the Real Chili Peppers in it. Okay. Um, it's basically like Charlie Sheen's just on the run for the entire movie and like these people are chasing him throughout, I think, LA on the freeways and stuff. Um, but yeah, even the... Um, there was a uh, Italian version um, on Pan and Scan, like the sort of like real, real zoomed in on YouTube. But I'm like, I can't watch it like this. The cover just looks like they've copied Top Gun. Yeah, it's like it's um, it's a. Uh, oh yeah, man, it's, it's got Carrie Elves. El, El, I'm gonna call him Elves top, top from now on. Top Gun for junkies. Yeah, <laughs> Howard Heston's in it. Yeah. Oh man, Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson's there. Uh, yeah. We should have watched it. Um, so I'm going to go through the ones that I watched because um, like, there's a lot here. But um, I, So I watched uh, Greedy, Sirens, Four Weddings and the Funeral, Guarding Tess, The Hudsucker Proxy, Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Paper, Above the Rin, and D2. I watched quite a lot. You did. Um, I did also Sirens, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Above the Rim, D2, and Major League 2. Okay, so I'll just go through a couple of ones that um, that you didn't see. So Greedy is actually a really good ensemble film. It's got uh, Mock J. Fox in it. It's got an amazing performance by Mr. Phil Hartman. Um, oh, aren't they all? If, watch it. If you ever get a chance to see Greedy, it's basically about... Um, so Kirk Douglas plays a, an uncle of a, like a really horrible family who's just basically waiting for him to die and give them all of his money. And he's uh, he's basically playing him off a little bit amongst each other and then Michael J. Fox is, is his favourite nephew and he really wants to get the money but he has to sort of prove himself to Kirk Douglas to sort of get it there um, it's, it's a really funny movie um, very much forgotten I'd never even heard of it but um, and Phil Hartman's only in it sort of for a handful of scenes but man is it worth it um, it's it, he is a, a hilarious in it and um, was this a, a library find? I have to get through the library, yeah. yeah. Um, you can rent it through Google, I think. Um, I'll, um, Hard Sucker Proxy, um, I tried to... It's a, it's a Coen Brothers movie. I have to be oh. really, really in the mood for Coen Brothers, and I wasn't in the mood for this one. So like, I'm not saying that it's a good or bad film because I don't think uh, I can trust my judgment on that. So I'll, I'll watch it at a different time. Is it based on the guy that dies in Lethal Weapon 1? No. <laughs> oh. Wasn't that his name? No, that was... Um, not Hard Sucker, it was... Uh, can you search that while I'm talking about others? Um, I want to talk about. I, want, I do want to talk about Guarding Test. Guarding Test is a movie. This is a little old lady, right? 
Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is a movie uh, that stars Nicolas Cage as a Secret Service agent, and he is guarding the former First Lady of the United States, played by Shirley MacLaine. Yes, um, I, they, I can picture the person now. I know where we are. Carry they on. don't like each other, but she likes it. She likes having him close, and she like it, it. Basically, if you look at the um, front cover, you think it's more of like a "Stop and My Mum Will Shoot" type of situation. It's yes. like it's like a goofball, but it's actually like a really sweet. It's not a romantic comedy. Like it's like they're not falling in love, but they're like in in the way of like becoming a couple. But like he's basically um, realizing that. You know, he needs to change his ways, and she needs to change his ways, and her is, ways. What amount of Nicolas Cage is he in this film? He is uh, very subdued, but he nice. gets he gets there though in okay. some bits. Um, I I'm actually I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's my favorite, but I definitely recommend if you want a lighter shade of Cage, a paler okay. shade of Cage. <laughs> check okay. out Guarding Test is not what if you if you've always said like I don't want to see it because it looks stupid. It's not what you think it is. It's actually way better than what you think it's going to be. Me and Mal watched it on a Friday night and we were delighted. <laughs> we were delighted. Um, did you find out who the... Oh, it's, uh, it's Hans Sacker. Hans Sacker, yeah, yeah. Close though. Um, I'll just, I'll, I wanted to see the ref, but, you know, Spacey. I was just like, <laughs> I had to rent it. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I have heard good things about it because um, it's got a Dennis Leary, but I'm like... I'm watching Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey. I'm not paying for it. Yeah, there's been a lot of Dennis Leary lately too. It's been too much. I want to say too much Leary. Yeah. Um, I thought about doing Monkey Trouble. I did too, but I didn't. I didn't get a chance. Um, I watched the paper. Yeah, Michael Keaton. I'm a big. I'm a big Michael Keaton thing at the moment. So like, I I I kind of liked it, but it was just a bit. It's a Ron Howard movie. It's fine. It's just. It's just got nothing to it. I just didn't like it. It's about making newspapers. Yeah, basically like a, a day in the life of like a, a newsroom and just um, like I don't know. It's just again, it might have been like a thing of just wasn't the mood for it. Um, so I watched Above the Rim like for a bit. Um, I couldn't get into it. It's hard to get into. Um, and I I have to say, and I know that it's not nice. At the start of the movie, if you don't know, there's two people playing basketball and they're on a roof. And the moment that's supposed to sort of set up the rest of the film that's supposed to be a very sort of shocking moment is <laughs> some guy tries to dunk the basketball. Oh no, he just, he's just hitting the backboard. Or hitting the backboard. and then it, yeah. but, but misses and then falls off the roof because of it. I, I kind of giggled. <laughs> Because <laughs> well, it's really stupid. Like they could have found a better way for him to have had an accident than that. Yeah, and like so, Leon. I love Leon Robinson as well. I was very mm. excited when I saw he was in this. Um, he's Is he not, in? Um, was he in? The Darius. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, he's one yeah. of the bad guys in Cliffhanger. Yeah, Darius from Cool Runnings, Jesus from Madonna Video. He gets around. Uh, he was all the rage. Quite a resume, right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, How was your '93? I was Jesus. I was cliffhanger. <laughs> I was going cool runnings. <laughs> but so he's tormented by his friend that died. But like it was nothing to do with you. A friend went up to hit the backboard and somehow just flew like two meters off the roof. He should like, not have gone that far. Don't play basketball on the roof. <laughs> yeah. Like if they'd made it his fault. Like, they're playing one-on-one. Like, if it was his fault that he, like, knocked him off or something, okay, you're tormented. But 
uh, this guy's own. I mean, I know that skill. like the, the reason that he did it was because like he was kind of like being a bit of a dick about it and saying you can't do it and blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. Um. So I kind of I did I I sort of in and out like I. Um, I didn't even log it on Letterbox because I was like, I don't know whether I can like say like, I actually, if someone, someone asked me like five questions about the movie, I don't think I'd answer all of them. <laughs> like it was just a bit, yeah. I gave it, I think one and a half and it yeah. felt really harsh because yeah. I love basketball films and like it's, aside from the coach, the high school coach, it's like, it's a black cast. Like, yeah. and these are good up and coming actors and there's some good faces in there that like, uh, the main kid is in Scream 2. Um, two, yeah. Yeah, there's some other good people in there I can't remember where they we're also up. three for three for basketball movies per month this year I know yeah. I'm loving it but <laughs> it just coming off uh, of blue chips I'm just like you, you get a high bar now. yeah and blue chips wasn't even that great because well, Shaq wrong. took 40 minutes to appear you're wrong but it just it just lacked. look at his sweater for the first 40 minutes and then you're <laughs> fine it's just cozy like and then Shaq comes along and is like oh okay cool hey how you doing maybe this movie needed some Shaq I was surprised I didn't see any NBA players. Like, would Shaq no could make like, that's, that? You know what? Every movie that we sort of talk about now is like, would Shaq make it better? He would. Yeah. He would. I can list every movie I watched this month, Shaq would have improved it. <laughs> but it just, I don't know. It didn't, maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe I'm not in that culture enough. I haven't grown up with these types of films. It didn't hit me the same. The montages were too long. But I then believe also, the soundtrack for this was the main thing so the the soundtrack was like death row records like compilation basically so like that's, very snoop heavy yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it was um let's get on to okay let's, i want us to just quickly stop in sirensville <laughs> and just what? get just get our jollies out of here <laughs> i don't have any jollies i'm too confused oh uh, but you did you watch this movie or just skim through it like everyone does no i watched it but i i just i All don't of it? yeah Oh. I mean, after the Wombat, I did phase out a little bit. I, I um, There's I can say I can say uh, I'm uh, hand on heart that I've probably watched this movie eight or nine times, but not actually watched the movie. I oh. fast forwarded this movie about like eight or nine times. I had never seen it before. I always just thought really. It, I thought it was some huge, big American film, and Elle McPherson comes out of the water with her boobies. The schoolyard rite of passage, my friends. <laughs> Did Gross. you watch Sirens last night? Yes, I did. This, now I have to sit down. This is what happens when you go to an old boys' school. <laughs> it's just like because you, you got this this uh, you know at the time you got this like Elle McPherson who you've only ever seen like uh, as like a, a model sort of thing, and it's like she's in a movie and she's naked, and it's like not even just the top part; it's like everything. It's yeah, she was. Look, I look, you know. <laughs> I know, I know I'm coming off as gross. That's fine. Because like it's remnants from my childhood. Like, There's also full frontal male nudity. There is. This guy jacking off in this movie. Yeah. Um, oh, so... His dog's the, very close to him when he's doing that too. <laughs> which I, it's like a nearly an ace venture having sex in the bedroom with animals type sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this guy pretending to be blind? Because he walks around those cliffs and rocks with no issues at all. Do you know why? Because in the, his internal model is like... Don't fall and cut your dick. Don't fall and cut your dick. <laughs> but he's, he's constantly just looking up to the right. And I don't know because he's always naked. Like, their boobs are out. So just don't look at them. Not going to get a boner. Not getting a boner. <laughs> not looking. Not looking. Can't see him. No, I'm good. Can we get an eyeline here? No. <laughs> uh, look, sorry, it's moved. <laughs> it twitched. <laughs> it's, 
I don't know. There was I was very confused. And look, you know the whole uh, thing. I know yeah. it's set at a different time. I get the premise. Hugh Grant comes down because his, Sam Neill is doing risque paintings and the Hugh Grant's in the movie. <laughs> and Sam Neill. And Sam Neill's in the movie. All I know is is that there's the title card and then there's worry white lines for about two minutes. <laughs> then all three all three of them are naked. Then there's worry white lines for a bit more. <laughs> Turns into a Benny Hill every, sketch for a bit. Everything goes really fast. And then it's the end. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I've watched Sirens. So you didn't see the wombat? Is that a euphemism? There was a wombat. Is that a euphemism? Or? <laughs> every now and then, I think in the first half hour, like they'll just show Australian animals. Be like, just so you know, this is Australia. Snakes will knock over your tea. And koalas run up the road. Hmm. Ridiculous. Um... But I I don't I don't understand what was happening, what was supposed to be happening. Like, did the dad know that his daughters just wanted to have sex with everyone and he encouraged it? He wanted it. Was he having sex with them? Why were they naked all the time? I know he's an artist. These are questions just... that don't need to be answered. They just need to be they just need to exist. It's I'm not I'm not Moving saying on. I'm not saying people shouldn't live this way. I'm just confused about what what uh, what's happened? Moving on, and it's on Netflix and it's very easy to fast forward. Anyway. <laughs> Um, we need to go on see four weddings and a funeral. Good friends. You look perfect. You, you, in fact, you probably are perfect. Great lovers. Oh, I thought he's too far would be then. Maybe this. Bad timing. So, so I, uh, came after your film, sir? No, you were 32. <laughs> Smashing climax. It's pretty easy. Just say I do whenever anyone asks you a question. I do. <laughs> Hugh Grant. Andy McDowell, Four Weddings and a Funeral, rated R. Um, now, More Hugh Grant. Yeah, oh, he, you know what? Hugh Grant's in this movie. <laughs> um, Isn't he delightful? In this movie, yes. I think as a child growing up, as a child, like as a teenager, I was a bit confused and annoyed that everyone thought he was so charming and handsome because he was just annoying and nervous. But in now I watch his like... You're just lovely. Look at you. We watched then me like so me and Mal watched this and then we uh, we just stumbled upon um, Notting Hill and watched that. He's he his his charm goes down yeah. over the years. Uh, but in this one, if you've never seen it, it's basically um, dealing with Hugh Grant's character who is like perpetually sort of you know um, single or like you know dating and then breaking up with people and they, but also being um, he's, he goes to a bunch of weddings. It's the original wedding crashes. Yeah, he's going to um, weddings. He's hooking up, and he's also it was based on the uh, the director or the writer um, had been to in the span of ten years. I think he said he'd been to seventy two weddings. Nice. Um, oh, so a good wedding. Um, I love his friend um, that he lives with, little punky. Yeah. She's awesome. Fortunately, died in like nineteen ninety nine oh. from an asthma attack. Oh. It's, still... it's a it's a very funny English comedy, and it's very um like it's not even of its t- of its time. It's like. I think this is the, the breakthrough. This is like when... Because we talked about how... You remember Three Men and the Little Lady when they mm. went to England? All the English people were still pretty stuffy. Yep. I think this was the like, oh, you know what? They're pretty much just the same like as you and me. Like They're actually pretty funny. They're stuffy, but they're funny. Yeah. Um, this one... Uh, I... What did you... Uh, What's your experience with this? Was this a big film with you growing up? Because I watched this I, a lot with my sisters. I feel sister. like my family or sisters would have watched this growing up and liked it. I had never seen it before. I really? I'd never seen this film. Um, Did you like it? 
I did really enjoy it. I still find it odd now, even after Groundhog Day, Andy McDowell being like the love interest. <laughs> I think she's delightful. Yeah. But her being like the sexy love interest to me is like, no, Andy McDowell's your mum. You want you want her to be your mum and take care I, of you. I don't know, like I don't like about this time watching it and you know, it's been years since I watched it, like she's not her character's not very nice. Really. Mm-hmm. Like I mean in this one particular, like, she really sort of dicks around Hugh Grant's um, Charles, like, quite a lot. Uh, their connection isn't really... Like, if I'm going to nitpick the film, their bond, their chemistry isn't really that delved into. No. It's more about, like, the entirety of the characters and the whole journey. The, so them falling in love is a bit like, uh, you've had sex twice. The standout actor in this is uh, Simon Callow as Gareth and his um, partner John Hanna as Matthew like the gay couple which um, they never really acknowledge how and like I was reading a review I think it was on Letterboxd and they said like uh, when they're at the because like Simon Callow's character dies and his partner's um, or his husband um, his, his close friend yeah and he says uh, his clo- and like that, they introduce him as his close friend and like they said like that bit's like the most heartbreaking bit of the movie I'm like yeah, yeah. it is it's like it's really really full on um, because they make it so blatant throughout the whole film that they're together yeah but then they never really acknowledge it or say it or yeah make it a part of it it's I am um, sad yeah I love Simon Callow uh, he's uh, most of you will probably know him as the um, he's like the main bad guy from Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. Um, but this is oh, yeah. this is him in a way better better movie. Um, and he's really sort of like stretching his acting chops in this and just like... I like their little group. I like their little sort of... They, they've got like all different personalities and like they, there's a few times where like they've sort of put all that whole group... And I, I believe they're supposed to all have gone to university together and there's a few times where they're all together and they just look like a, like a, a believable group of good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did so you find like the the, uh, the funeral scene ruined when um, they cut to his dad? Yeah. With that angry old man in the front row just looks like bemused, like he's been given too much direction of what to do with his face and his eyes are popping out and he's darting around. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this was about to be really, really sad. And then you showed him, I'm like, what's he doing? <laughs> Did he just find out that his son's gay? <laughs> Close friend. What? <laughs> um. Also, the other man at the the wedding that kept her. What are you talking about? (laughs) You're not my son, Charles. (laughs) Dementia isn't funny, but I mean, (laughs) they made it funny in the film. Um, Just before we go on to uh, our uh, the last film, um, Naked Gun thirty three and third, I watched, uh, and we mentioned it last week. It also has like a gross um, trans queer sort of uh, joke Mm -hmm. um, with Anna Nicole Smith, and the rest of the movie, like. there is okay. The start of this movie, they they do a, an awesome satire of the, you know, the Untouchables with the baby carriage. Yeah, and the stairs and the yeah. fucking hell, like some of that. And then there's like then they sort of go a little bit too far, and there's like a there's a Arab terrorist, and it's just like yeah. this one's got weight. Like I found the second one, the first one, and the second one were actually less, you know, offensive than the third one, which is you don't really see. Like you would think, like closer to the eighties and the nineties, like all the early nineties, that there'll be a bit, little bit less. But like, it's actually as they went along, they got grosser. I guess they got more desperate for jokes and just yeah, hang on to pop culture things. And but I was watching it with Mao, and there's a bit when he's in the sperm bank. 
Oh, yeah. And I giggled and laughed so much. And she's just like, she's like, I have to leave. And I'm like, look, I, I said, I don't like myself right now, but it's very funny. Wordplay is funny. Um, let's talk about D2, the Muddy Ducks. The only thing tougher than turning losers into champions is doing it twice. are back oh, no. their game is as good as ever haven't you guys been training in the off season i know we forgot something but they're adding some new players yeah. and now they're heading to california for the world championships this year the team to beat is iceland we'll see you on the ice ice is bigger But if they want to go for the gold, they'll have to learn to become a team again. Move together! We came here as a team, and we're leaving here as a team. Right! Bring them on! We're ready! Uh, look. I have a question. Yes. In D1, they talk about uh, he made them lose their first championship in the history of time, remember? It was, yes. it was Bombay's fault they lost. Yes, yes. And he's got the little newspaper cut out <laughs> from the magazines, the newsletters that he makes, probably. Mm-hmm. From his scrapbooking. First lost since 73. Yeah. And it's now 1994. Yeah. So he would have been 10 then. So this is 21 years on. Yeah. So he's ref- he's got to be at least 40 now. Yeah. He was just trying to get back into the NHL. At, oh yeah, at forty from the start, I'm just like, you shouldn't be playing hockey. What are you doing? No. And some get... guy bumps you, and all of a sudden you're hurt. Like, that's I'm sorry, that's what hockey that's, like, that happens. I would love that jersey from that. The, the, I don't know whether it's like an actual team. The first jersey, yeah, the, very colorful. The Minnesota, the big M. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about this movie. Yes, Steve Brill is back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this. Isn't it great? I'm not okay. I'm not saying that the first one is like high art, but it's it's fun. We loved it. We did a watch long for it. You should listen to it. Um, this one is just uh, it seems they get into that whole thing of like just a bunch of sort of set pieces sort of gone together. Like it's like it's kind of like a, a like a like a sketch show kind of thing. Like it's nothing's new, and I think it was just like a, it was like a little bit too much. Like we just had the Mighty Ducks. And you pretty much did the exact same picture, which is like the big thing for the 90s. Yeah. Like, you know, Home Loan 1, Home Loan 2, like, et cetera. Um, I do like the... the um, they basically have like the, the new bad, big bad guy as the Iceland coach, which is, I think, is the best part of this whole thing. I don't know. Who knew that Iceland was mean? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very... Like, I found myself more in this one just going, mm, cringy. I don't recall cringing anyway. Oh, really? No. Why Why do they have Averman on the team? I'm not sure. Because he's bad. He is. And no one else is just as frustrating as Averman. What? We can't take out Goldberg because he's on a hot streak. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. It's 5-0. Now, nah, we'll stick with Goldberg, though, because he saved a goal once. She... I cannot... And I, I forgot the end of this uh. film. So, like, they got, like, a, a an alternate goalkeeper who's um a girl. I can't remember her name. Julie. Ju- okay. <laughs> no. Julie the cat. Okay. Um... 
And she basically says like, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I want to come out and play. Like, uh, you know, I came here to play. And he's like, oh, I can't. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually thought that she was never going to get a, a shot. And then um, they get a penalty shoot at the end. They, she, he lets her go on for like the very last one. But like... For one penalty. <clears throat> for one penalty. For, uh... um, I do like the fact that when she does, does go on, she just takes two guys out. But even that seems like a bit sort of pandery to me. Like it's just like, yeah. just let her play. Like, take Goldberg off. Like, she still could have played some of the games, done okay, and then still had that big moment at the end. Mm. I don't um, know why they felt they need to hype her up so much that this is the one thing she can do. She's not capable of playing any other time. Uh, King and Thompson? Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like the fact that they're like, this is Team USA, and it's okay. You can have predominantly your entire team from the Ducks from the last film. And here's... Four other imperfect players. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy that can't, the guy that can't stop. Yep. Um, there's a, a guy that is a figure skater. Ken. Um, okay. There's the hothead, the goon. I don't remember his name. He's one of the Bash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, the one where um, I love how they go to sleep. <laughs> Do they go to sleep to taking care of business? What's the song that we're listening to? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was like so, so lame. And then the next second, they're up like dancing to it. But it's like, who goes to sleep with? <laughs> um, cool and, kids do, Paul. You wouldn't understand. I wouldn't. Um, and then so they they go to they're in California. Um, the they get taught they Olympics? got get taught hockey by a um, street gang. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what's so funny. Carry go, on. Go get them, Team USA. Go get them. Isn't it nice to have like, <laughs> these kids are being so mean to them and bullying them, but then they're like, come out, we'll show you how to play. And then they send them off like, all right, you can do it. Like, there's a nice camaraderie there, right? I think it was really awesome that the movie somehow had a completely new hockey stadium to play this in, in Anaheim. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And then also yeah. at the end of the movie, had a completely different new hockey jersey. That slightly resembled one that was actually happening oh, in the world. Oh, how good world. was it though? Damn, that's a good logo. Look, his, name, his name's Portman, by the way. The other thug. Give the it goon. to give it to Eisner. Like <laughs> he doesn't pull any punches. It's like I want to make a hour and a half advertisement for my new hockey team. <laughs> I'm buying that oh, ad every single day. Everyone, everyone would buy that jersey if they could. I remember seeing that 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 the duck around so much. It's just I don't know, and we got um we got the the um cop from Criminal Intent as their tutor. Um, who oh I thought, yeah, I thought her and um I I had a false memory of her and Emilio hooking up, but like he's all about the Iceland. But then he's not. She that whole relationship just disappears as soon as he gets busted having ice cream with her. Like what happened? Is this a one night thing? So if you and if you haven't watched it, like you know, Gordon Bombay goes down the uh, he goes Hollywood on him. <laughs> <laughs> does slicks back his hair um they couldn't get the guy they couldn't get diplomatic immunity back for the movie so they got his brother because <laughs> that's just like his brother young who's basically the bfg yeah would you like to discuss the the other amazing sports sequel of march 1994 what was that wild thing major league two ah cool yeah i didn't get to see this was so I don't think I've actually ever seen any of them except for the first one. Um it's not very great, obviously. <laughs> Wesley Snipes obviously thought he was too big for the role. 
He didn't come back. No, he didn't. He's off with diplomatic, diplomatic immunity. Yeah. He's like, man, we're not going to do that. I want to know why he didn't come back for D2. Like, what's he got going on? Apparently, he's visiting family. <laughs> he's Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they got Omar Epps in to replace Wesley Snipes. And look, I don't... Same character? It's the same person. Oh, my God. Come on. So... <laughs> You've got Omar Epps doing his best impersonation of Wesley Snipes. Not of Wesley Snipes, as, you know, Willie Mays says. Okay. And it's too much. It's the little hand gestures, the little movements he tries to do. It so, made me hate it. I should do, too. And because... I, I feel bad for Omar because those are big shoes to fill. Like, that was seamless for Wesley. That was effortless. Like, he was, he was great, the first one. I would just like, you know, and I know, look, you know that the ultimate answer is money. But like, you have to think like, why do it all? Like, really, why? There's no, no one's no one was asking for more major league. Uh, I, I probably would have been. Um, it wasn't a terrible film. Uh, like it's not the same as D two, the same as any new generation film. Like they're bringing these new young kids, and it's like, oh, look at their little journey. They get this guy from the Tokyo Giants, and they make a lot of terrible racist jokes. Um, Alison Doody's in it. Enough said. <laughs> the dudes. The end. Um, I really want to know why Joss, a- Joss Ackland wasn't in the second one. <laughs> um, I was tempted to just go ahead and uh, watch the third one. Minnesota Waves is the new the, th- the team at the start. Yeah. I reckon you can get those shirts somewhere. Oh man, I would love one. Um... One other thing before we leave the movies behind us. Yeah. I forgot to mention during Sirens. You know Ferris Bueller when they zoom in on the painting? And when they did that in Sirens, did you notice that bit? There's like the weird creepy painting Hugh Grant's looking at. I keep wanting to say Hugh Jackman. Hugh Grant's looking at this terrible painting and it zooms in on this creepy little face and it's Jared Leto. What? They zoom it in. Like, it looks like Jared Leto, or it is. It, it's Jared Leto. <laughs> I can't find it. Keep an eye upon our Instagram, and you will see a painting of uh, future Jared Leto. I'm s- hoping you're going to be very careful about posting about stuff from Sirens on Instagram. <laughs> Jared Leto, Jared Leto will be coming. Or it's the Jersey Devil. I'm not sure. <laughs> the, Ch- the Jared Devil. No, the. J- the Jersey Jared. <laughs> uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for the Jersey Devil and Jared Leto's child. Nice. Um, let is let us go on to TV. Now <clears throat> it wasn't a huge month uh, for television. We had uh, um, a few shows. Uh, I was I was trying to find my 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 pilot. That I like to sort of go on about. There's one called Birds of Paradise, which was pretty cool, set in Hawaii. Um, the uh, the angry uh, brother from Field of Dreams that <laughs> pushes Kevin Costner's um, kid off the the, the redhead brother, the redhead one, yeah, yeah. He's actually pretty good in that. He plays a teacher like that's uh, living in Hawaii. His the reason I wanted to check it out is his son and daughter. Played by Seth Green and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. I did watch that show. It wasn't bad. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, a so good time. Yeah, it's called Birds of Paradise, but birds are spelled B Y R D S. I don't. You'd have to like troll, 
trawl the um, YouTube depths to find it. Um, one of my favorite shows um, at the time, Duckman. Um, Duckman was good. Duckman, uh, if you if you don't know, is a is a voice by George, um, George Costanza, Jason Alexander. Uh, he plays a, a private eye um, in in just like sort of a, a city, but it's it's it, it. He's got a very weird family. It kind of reminds me. This is like a um, you know your BoJack Horseman, yeah, your Rick and Morty like sort of stuff. Like I think for that time it was like that alternative mixed type of with sort. a bit of Rocco. Yeah, yeah. Ren and Stimpy kind of a little bit like influenced by that, possibly. I remember watching this a lot on the um, the Comedy Channel when it was first on Foxtel. Like they had this and the Critic were back to back on like each each um, afternoon. Sense. So I used to watch these two together, and it's like they actually complement each other quite well. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, and looking back at it now, I watched um, a couple episodes this week. Holds up, very very funny. Um, if you get a chance, I'm actually now looking for like a, a decent um, DVD or Blu-ray release of it, so I reckon I'd, I'd grab that. I did not watch any um, in preparation for this, but I do remember a personal sexual awakening courtesy of Weird Science and Venice Angel. Well, okay, I was just going to talk, talk about Weird Science because I watched this show quite religiously at the time. Same, yeah. I love this show. Yeah, I didn't care for the film. In between fast forwarding um, sirens, we were watching Weird Science. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I know I like the film. Uh, I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't as good as the show. That's and it had the the brother um, from like Wayne's World and yeah, seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know He's, the guy. Yeah, yeah, I know the guy. Um, he crops up quite a lot. He actually cropped up in one of my favorite shows, The Americans, as like a like a contract killer. I'm like, well, you should be like that. You're a nice person. Is, is he a nice person? Well, sometimes, mostly, 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 he plays like. They're not a nice person, but like you don't expect him to be a, a murderer. No, he's more of the aloof jerk. Yeah. Um. So we also had Ellen. Um. Eh. Made her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of people said that at the time, and then she said, "I'm gay," and everyone's like, oh, "All right, cool. We're on board with you now." Yeah. All right. So, um, one thing that premiered, which I hate so much. <laughs> oh. Um. And look, it's and it's more because you know that's just a personal preference of mine. Sorry, Amos? Listen to the melody. Sorry, Amos? Uh. <sighs> that is the opening to the horrible footy show that was on channel nine um i apologize if you'd got that out of your consciousness and now it's come back in um hosted by eddie mcguire um and sam newman and had trevor marmalade on it and i'm assuming like a bunch of other people who i don't like um i i really don't like um i, I can understand why people watch panel sports shows but the footy show was gross in so many ways um i love the fact that like it was this like sort of seems to be this manly show, but like the the start the their opening credit sequence is just sweaty guys in a gym working out. <laughs> There's actually no football in it hardly whatsoever. It's just mm. guys like actually like working out in a gym and like with top with, with no tops on. <laughs> and I was like, is this like an undercurrent of the of the show? Um, Sam Newman is a gross person that shouldn't have been given a uh, a microphone to talk into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and it went on for like you know. You know what his problem is? Sometimes he was 
especially for footballers because they don't have a great reputation. Sometimes he'll speak quite eloquently, which gets him a lot more respect than he is actually deserving of. Yeah, it basically like um, for some reason for the majority of people washes away like every like shitty thing he's ever said and done. Um, and Eddie McGuire, uh, just you know, complicit in it all, and just um, don't even get me started. I, I, I don't know a lot, a, hell, a lot about the guy, but I, I can tell you right now in about 10 years' time, or even five years' time, we're going to be hearing some skeletons coming out of that closet. We already are. And the problem is he still has a job. Um, what's, what's he done? Ah, oh, he's just been... I, I mean, it doesn't take much to find out things okay. that he's said and done in the media <laughs> and still has a job and was president of a club. Yeah, true. How much can you talk about footy? Like, a lot. Without, with like, it's just. Do you want to talk about it? No. Oh. And like, it just it opens Do you want up. Do me to, to talk about it? No, and it opens that. And also, <laughs> you know, I, I I'm always big about not yucking other people's yums. I know, but it opens that whole fantasy football thing, which is just like I just find like, mm. just have sex with your wife instead. <laughs> yeah, but after those four minutes, what am I going to do? So, without further ado, let's get on to um, the Law and Order Minute, which is if you don't, if you're new to the show, if you're like, by gee, I want to watch a 90, I want to listen to a 90s podcast, and I'm going to start in March 1994, then I will tell you what we do on the Law and Order Minute. I basically go through the episodes of the OG Law and Order and my co-host Ben times me to see if I can do this within a minute. Are you ready? I am ready, sir. Hit it. Okay, so we'll start off with Mayhem, which is one of my favourite episodes and also one of the fan favourites of the entire series because we're dealing with three different murders in one day. There's no order in this Ooh. one. It's just all law all the time. <laughs> um, we've, also, we've got Robin... We've got Robin Tunney coming in as a guest star, um, and we've also got a uh, kind of like a Bobbit case in there. Lots of jokes about penises and stuff like that, like oh, you can no. imagine. Um, and yeah, they do a couple of these um, every every couple of seasons. Like they have this one where it's just like um, a bunch of different murders all in one day, and like let's see how the cops deal with it. Very very awesome episode. The next episode is uh, when a <laughs> a chiropractor who is also a bookie gets shot. Um, <laughs> He's what? He's called and he's called Doctor Papa. <laughs> is this like a spin-off of Death Wish? <laughs> Sorry, he's called Papa Doctor. Oh, and Papa Doctor gets shot. <laughs> That's the end, Papa Doctor. Oh my god! I was like, all I had, all I had was like second episode wager, Papa Doctor. Uh, so this is a section where we, uh, big fans of Conan O'Brien, uh, my esteemed colleague Benjamin tries to name every guest that Conan O'Brien had in the month of uh, March 1994 to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire by our Lord and Saviour William Joel. And I count him in by three, two, one, go. Kevin Pollock, Donnie Yosman, Olivia Diabo, John Trasberg, John Larroquette. Henry Alford, Diesel Zappa, and Amit Zappa, and George Kennedy, Andy McDowell, <laughs> Jeff Garland, <laughs> Jeff Hobart, Camille Paglia, Stone Phillips, and Kathy Island, 
Phil Hartman, Tom Phillips, Ed Begley Jr., Tommy <laughs> Davidson, and David Spade, Nancy Glass, Brian, Austin Green, Mary Lou, Retton, Hulk Hogan, George Pimpton, J. Thomas, Barbara Ian, <laughs> <laughs> Patty Davis, Marlon Waynes, Monta Williams, Alexandra Wentworth, Ellen Cleghorn, Robert Conrad, Alan Ratchens, Nectar Turo, Richard Maduginko, Eric Bocosian, Rich Hall, Murray Conchetta, Alonso, Chad McQueen. Done? Oh, look, 55. You're always getting in at 55. I'm good at this, but also really, really bad at it at the same time. 30 seconds. I mean, it'll be over quicker for me. I'm okay with that. Um, let's also... Before we jump onto the music, just quickly, I'll rattle off some of his music guests. Okay. Cowboy Junkies. Nice. Um, Green Day, along with Hulk Hogan. Ooh. Like, not together, but like <laughs> on the same show. <laughs> the Lemonheads, Dana Gould, our friends Jawbox, Grantley Buffalo, remember him? Ah, uh, love it. And to round out the month, this is quite exciting for me because I didn't realize they had a release yet, hopefully. Texas. Mm. Remember a little Scottish band, Texas? Oh, I remember Travis. No, not yet. <laughs> we'll get um, to that. Uh, and on SNL, because uh, we're big SNL fans, uh, we had... We were. Nancy Kerrigan and Aretha Franklin. I would like to see that episode. <laughs> what? Yeah. Was she like in a leg brace or something? I, I'm wondering if they made... like They would have to make jokes. Like it's just... Why else is she there? Oh, man. Um, Helen Hunt and Snoop Doggy Dog, two people that you won't hear in the same sentence. <laughs> I mean, they said that about Martha Stewart. True. Um, and then we also had. Oh no, that's in. Uh, that's in April. But it's, gonna, it's a good one. But you'll have, you'll have to wait. Ah, <laughs> oh, you tease. You know me. Okay, so let's get on some music. Uh, so in the Billboard charts, we had Power of Love by Celine Dion and The Sign uh, by Ace of Base. Uh, that is just going absolutely gangbusters. It's just, um, we were finally yeah. released from our Ace of Base uh, obsession. and we, As a nation, not, not ourselves personally. Yeah, yeah. And then it got replaced, um, unfortunately, by... Wait for it. I, I don't think I'm complaining. Wait for it. Child of the night. Laura has a little beanie and sometimes it rises up in her head. <laughs> <laughs> whenever it does, I tell her, it's all right. It's all right. Like, we're in a house of love. Don't worry about it. It's all right. It always reminds me when um, in The Simpsons where um, Jimbo's... Um, steals that football. Steals the football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was in Australia all month in the March uh, March 1994. Is It's All Right by E17. Um, we had a, uh, a quite a few releases. Again, a lot of quantity, not a lot of quality. Um, uh uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. I just recently um, 
I wanted to put some of the uh, funky Headhunter from MC Hammer on our playlist, but you cannot get it on Spotify. So I actually, uh, there's another podcast called uh, Bizarre Albums by a guy called Tony Thaxton. He's a drummer for Motion City Soundtrack. And he um, he does this, uh, yeah, this, this, it's like a really short, it's like usually 20, 25 minute episodes. And he did one about the Funky Headhunter, which is quite good. He goes quite like into like, and it was basically MC Hammer was redesigning himself as a gangster rapper because in between um, uh, Can't Touch This and, you know, the, the three years between Can't Touch This and Now, yeah. gangster rap is this huge big thing. So, like, he can't just release, like, a pop rap album. So, it's like he tries to go gangster himself no. and it does not do well. No. Um, if you want to hear more about MC Hammer, um, one of our first episodes ever is me going a bit of a deep dive for about 15 minutes about his, uh, his entire career. So, it was a long time ago. It was a very long time ago. Um, so we also have uh, Mellow Gold by Beck. Uh, self-titled, uh, That Dog with a self-titled. Woke Up With A Monster by Cheap Trick. I only put that in because the um, the album the album cover is so, so scary. So is it? It's a um, uh, clown. Oh. It's like a Gacy-esque <laughs> clown. Oh. Um, we also have Brutal Youth by Elvis Costello. Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Martinis and Bikinis by Sam Phillips. I only put that on because then I, because I found out that Sam Phillips is in Die Hard: The Vengeance. She is the little offsider that kills a guy with a scythe. Oh, remember that? Yeah, yeah. Weird. She's she's a singer. I was like, and I've watched that film many times, and I'm like, I don't know, she's a singer. Good for her. Yes. Um, oh, that's a sexy clown on that cover. No, it's not. What's it doing? We also have. Oh my god. Neandra Lades and usually just a shirt. Neandra Lades and you, Neandra Lades and usually just a t-shirt by John Frusciante. Fucking worst. Here it comes. Super unknown Soundgarden. 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 <laughs> Jeez, Soundgarden. Uh, Soundgarden. <laughs> um, your filthy little mouth by David Lee Let's uh, get Christopher Walken on and have him announce this. Sound Garden. David Lee Ralph. Uh, Motley Crue came out with a self titled album. The Brand New Heavies, Brother Sister. Um, Far Beyond Driven by Pantera. Yeah. Um, We've got Hit the Highway by The Proclaimers. Mind Blowing by Vanilla Ice. I'm nearly over. This Toilet Earth by Guar. I put Guar on there just because it's like, they're just fun. Because I'm going to skip it. Um, The Division Bell by Pink Floyd. Um, New Plastic Ideas by Unwound. And True Force by Powerman 5000. And Our Lady Peace, Naveed. And Our Lady Peace, Naveed. Um, That's a lot. That's Is a this going to happen every month now? I think I'm just going to go for the ones that I'm like going <laughs> to... Although I do want to come... I did, I did want to have to say your, your fifth little mouth. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's his last one, which I'm uh. glad. Because like, remember the last one was when he released that single that had the... Um, the little people that were blackface. Oh, yeah. And I was like, he's got to have something like even worse. But unfortunately, it was like fairly pedestrian. What did you listen to? I tried out Beck. Do you like it? I uh, like Loser. What about um, Beer Can? Beer Can's good. That's okay. Um, Pay No Mind's okay, but only because it's similar to Loser. <laughs> the rest of it, I can really do without. I thought I was going to like Beck. Um, and then I went to That Dog because Old Time was kind of catchy. Mm. I thought I was going to like them, but they just sounded it's pretty lo-fi. That album, like they yeah. got they got a lot more. I don't want to say easy to listen to, but like, like because they're still around today and they're quite 
they're quite good. It's just that this one, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know they were around for that long. And I'm like, oh, this is like bikini kill esque. I don't know whether Ben's gonna like this or not. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably would have if I'd found it earlier on in life, but now yeah. listening to it now just sounds like it's some high school kids in their spare room, not trying very hard. Um, Nine Inch Nails is not as good as I would expect it to be. Like Downward Spiral is like their big one, right? Can I? Let's let's have a little chat. You hate Nine Inch Nails. Well, and yeah. I can't argue with that. Yeah, like if you're looking for some Nine Inch Nails love on this podcast, well, it's 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 not you're not going to get it. Like we, and I don't hate Trent Reznor. Like I like I, I think he is very talented at what he does. Um, he recorded this in. Do you know where he recorded this? In his asshole. No, he recorded it in <laughs> the house that um, Sharon Tate got murdered in. Oh, that's right. And this was a big thing at the time. Like Chili Peppers did Blood Sugar Set Magic in a. I think is is that in the same mansion or the Chateau Marmont? Yeah, yeah, they did yeah. it in Chateau. And it's just like you know, it's just like this. Like, I just don't get the shock factor that went along with a lot of '90s stuff. Because um, we're gonna get into obviously like the shock rock stuff with um, he who should not be named um, of the beautiful people. Um, Jack Shanti. No, we'll get into some minutes later. Yeah, we are. Um, but yeah, like that's this. This is a whole subgenre of stuff that I just never liked, and and not so much that I never liked, but never wanted to get into. Like that whole Nine Inch Nails. Um, I don't. Know, I don't know mention his name. I'll say M Manson. <laughs> um, <laughs> just electro metal. Yeah, like that I stuff guess. is just like, and I, I think people gave it way too much uh, gravitas. Like it's just, it's not that great it's not that insightful and like i could say caused more damage than it fucking saved so and that's not to say that people that listen to it were bad people no but people who who it's kind of like people who um stick by it and like even with all the flaws of the people making it and also you know it's not that great still stick by it and say it's like you know better than anything else that you've I, i i i take issue with that the kind of people that said, like, you know, American Suckers is an excellent movie. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> um, and you, it's, it's, it's very problematic, and you should have a good look at yourself. You cannot separate the art from the artist when the artist is influenced by the art. Yeah, and also, like, I just wonder now, fans of these people who are like, yeah, I wonder how, they, I wonder how they're feeling now. Anyway, um, we, I was just looking at the Dave Lady Roth one. There's no no big red flags, unfortunately. Uh, he did try reggae on it, reggae on it, which is you uh, know, you know. Uh, <laughs> did you listen to Pink Floyd? Um, I don't because it doesn't work on my phone. Um, I try Pink play, I doesn't. try to play Pink Floyd on my phone, and it says like it's got a filter on it of good stuff, and Pink Floyd just doesn't work through it. It's not bad. It is. It. I mean, <clears throat> if you're gonna call Pink Floyd bad, let's skip on to John Frusciante. Because this has some nice little moments. It's like a kick in the nuts and a punch in the face. <laughs> For someone trying to be so anti of what's just happened, like mm. he's not Jimi Hendrix. He can be. No, he can't. Um, I mean, he could. He has the skill level and the musical knowledge that he could be the next greatest guitar god. You're just playing all the nice bits, as far as I'm concerned. It's just very lo-fi. Oh, 
the problem here is I really enjoy the tones he uses <clears throat> and the scales that he is on are very pleasing to me. Yes, I know. And, and look, I know his voice is terrible sometimes. 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 Sometimes, sometimes. it's quite good. But it's clearly <laughs> someone who's rebelling against like the whole rock world. And he was one of those let's, like... Let's not give him uh, too much gravitas right there. And I've used gravitas twice now. You have, that's too many. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's, he's like a weird little artsy, preppy, pretentious, like, I like Henry Matisse or, you know, I don't know if he does, but probably. And like black and white films and foreign films. Like he's one of those kids that just is into the worst. not the mainstream. He's the worst. The worst of things. You know what? This is Ethan Hawke from Reality Bites would listen to this album and fucking love it. He would. <laughs> and I'm not Ethan Hawke. I don't think it's a great album. I think it has great moments. Have you listened to the... It's got an entire side of like just... It says Untitled. It's just Untitled 1, Untitled 2. It's just amazing. I'm also not sure about him in drag on the cover. Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. He was seeing a very, very artsy girl at the time and I think they both just like delved very much into... Was it him? Was he dating himself? <laughs> is that him? No, no. Is, that, is that the girl he was seeing on the front? A lady called Tony, which as she's spoken a little bit about their time <clears throat> together, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Please, like, go on. Well, I'm not her. I don't... <laughs> do you want to know what she thinks of her? Yeah. Let's, and I'll do it. I'll give you like a bit of a soundtrack to it too. This is Untitled 3. My love is a glove! Glove of love! <laughs> Get a borrow feeling! Oh, yes! <laughs> See, it's not all bad. It should just be. Can you replace Kirk's picture with the picture of Trimpisanti on the front? <laughs> how, tell me how pained you were. So, you make up a playlist most months of like the music that came out. I and did. you pick out the best songs. Well. How difficult was that for you? To I was find like. I was trying to like I I I started a few songs and like, huh, just sounds it sounds like ambient noise and I thought Mm. the I thought the uh, the door was open and like a cat was being um, chased but it was the first track. Yeah, someone let the cat back in. I think it's. I've heard him be good so often that even when he's bad, I can hear when was that? the potential in there. When was that? Um, from 1998 onwards. <laughs> <laughs> if you like someone where a portion of his life is just not, not even at the table, it's like he's not that great. <laughs> oh, man. Look, he just left the biggest band in the world. His best friend had died. He was doing a lot of drugs. Oh, so he learned from that. Also, uh, you know, it was it was a bad time. Okay, so my big things that I listened to, um, uh, I, I I did listen to it, but like I remember this being a huge part. Like I had heat friends who were into Pantera, and Five Minutes Alone. Um, was that the song or something? Five Minutes Alone, or no, yeah, Five Minutes Alone and Unbroken. Like they were the big ones from this album. And I was like, we had some metalhead friends that I was <clears throat> that we hung around with, and like that's all I heard. Um, around this time, that and Sepultura, which I used to call Sepultura, which apparently is, <laughs> apparently is the way you're supposed to say it, and they hated that. 
Um, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the Proclaimers. Yeah, that was actually. Uh, yeah. I wonder what their 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 goal is. It's like, let's make an album that's just like the fifties. Basically. Yeah. Let's recapture the Beatles, like your accent was trying to do. He's just saying. Oh, shut up. <laughs> What is that? Um, oh, no, too soon. Shh. <laughs> Cut that bit out. Uh, we had a Vanilla Ross album, <laughs> which was, you know, not necessary. Um, the one I uh, I actually forgot to put on, I didn't mention it just then, but the uh, the soundtrack for The Crow came out, which was oh, a yeah. huge big thing at the time because it was like, it was, we talked about this with Judgment Night. This was definitely in the sweet spot of those movies that use the um album as like a, a selling tool for the for the um because like, i mean I, I we haven't i haven't got to the crow yet but i'm thinking that um maybe without the soundtrack it might i think it's an integral part of the film but from 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 memory but we'll see um so you had um rage against machine was on there the big one for me was big empty by stone to a pilots was on there the Cure, we also had uh, Helmet, um, Pantera was on there. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty, pretty heavy album uh, at the time. And I remember it's like it was a big one for a lot of people that I knew. Um, uh, so yeah, um, but we'll get into the film. I think it comes out in June. Tell me about um, Pink Floyd. Oh, I didn't have much to say about Pink Floyd at all. I just thought it was decent. Um, I'm here for Soundgarden. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think there's like... I, I tried to sort of, you know, a, a bunch of different ones, but let's get back to Super Unknown by Soundgarden, which is just an amazing album. Um, do you find it too long? No. Do you find any songs on there lesser? <clears throat> I find the fact that there's three different versions of the album on Spotify annoying. <laughs> oh, man. And that, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, alternative mixes and like this mix and that mix. Like there's 16 songs already. Like I, we don't need... Extended, don't need deluxe, don't need super deluxe. I'll say, like, towards the end, like, you know, stuff like Fourth of July and Half, like, you know, it's, you know, it does get a little bit long in the tooth, but um, you uh, accept that because you've got songs like Spoon Man, The Day I Tried to Live, um, My Way Fell on Black Days, you know, all these are just like mainstays in people's lives for the rest of their lives like it's a black hole sun um if i went to a Soundgarden show in the mid 90s and all they did was play this album start to finish and it's going to be what uh, an hour 40 or so like it, this would be a long 70 minutes hour and 10 yeah that's that's a decent show i would not be upset no no i would say that the um i would i would be tired <laughs> i think possibly the day i tried to live would be my favorite Soundgarden song of all time um my, I used to get it confused with Fell on Black Days because they they're quite similar. My Wave was the song I probably heard first because I remember um, it was played a lot when there was like a Rage special on for grunge um, yeah. and they'd always have the... the um, and that's kind of like one of their um, fast... Well, not faster, but just like it's a... It's a bit I, sort of radio-friendly, that one, so... I yeah. feel like that was this album's Rusty Cage. Yeah. Like it was yep. radio-friendly, but... Oh, no, nah, Spoon Man was their Rusty Cage. And that's the thing, like, you know, you got a song like Spoon Man, which is just, um, at the time, everyone loved it. And then, like, I, I will actually say, and it's, it's, I'm not trying to be, you know, um, 
like I'm not sure if you're like that guy, but like Black Hole Sun's probably like my least favorite track on the album. Um, just maybe just for saturation, but I've never really liked it as a single. I think there's way better singles on this album. That's their heart shaped box. It is, yeah. I would say, but like if you're gonna if you could replace Black Hole Sun with Film Black Days or Day I Tried to Live, yeah. Um, I would say that's like it, it's they're better songs. Um, I w- I went to Audio Slave shows when they started. He started doing Soundgarden songs. Oh, really? And they did three nights at the Brixton Academy and I had tickets for all three and I was running out of money and feeling very poor and very hungry. So I sold my ticket to the second night. Yeah. And on the first and third night, he does like a little acoustic set and he did the same songs first and third night. The second night, he did The, tra- the Day I Tried to Live. Oh, man. And I was very upset <laughs> because I did not make any money or even break even on that ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kickstand is one of my favorite songs there as well. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, even like their faster punky songs just have like a layer to it. That's like, I mean, I think I had mentioned to you, um, or <clears throat> someone like during, I was started playing bass just sort of, um, again. Um, and I played along to this album and like, there's a lot going on for the bass in it that I didn't recognize before like it's like ben shepherd is a really good bass player he is um but understated and like but like if you actually listen to what he's doing it's like man it's like there's a lot to do here and i think having matt cameron as well creates like a whole other level of them because he's such a weird drummer like his time signatures and yeah. stuff just creates which i must say i have to bring in um going into present day he Aww. got COVID and he's uh and they they played a show without him two now two now and they've yeah. um they got uh they got someone from the audience to play yeah did you um, see was, um someone made a joke about like a fan field on our drums yeah and someone commented on like a facebook post news post where was saying dave's available and dave abrazis replied saying no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> you know what Bullshit. when he's seven years on and I he's bet, not keen i bet he still would do it in a heartbeat if he was actually officially asked he'd be like blank check yeah nah i would even I would, they were like hey dave we're not gonna pay you get here now okay oh, <laughs> do you have all my good. symbols there <laughs> they don't i need some that splashes. many symbols do not exist anymore i'm sorry i want my unplugs that you know where, where you can't hear what i'm hitting because like oh, could you imagine you imagine rocking up to a show and dave's there so they can only play the first three albums because <clears throat> he refused to learn anything else i'm sure yeah she had jack irons in what for like 10 minutes until his arms go yeah true <sighs> um one last thing before i'm doing this a lot today one last thing before we leave this area columboing me all the fucking oh just one more thing um <laughs> i did i didn't the one thing i loved about uh above the rim and i'm not gonna say it's snoop dogg because i don't think snoop dogg is very good but i don't know he's got a He's oh, good. he's got some good songs, but I think he's not a very pleasant man. He's a rascal. Yeah, I think he's too much of a rascal, and he's okay. probably going to be in a lot of hot water very soon. Oh, really? Mm, I think so. Those girls gone wild things coming back to bottom of the Yeah, I think the, don't think the girls wanted to be that wild. Oh, no. Um, but Nate Dogg and Warren G, on the other hand. Yep. With Regulate. Oh. And I'm pretty sure this song got sampled a lot. Yeah. But it's so good. And I know in high school and even in primary school, I would have hated rap because, oh, they just steal songs from other people. But they do it so good. Oh, man. 
Good song. Was this on San Andreas too? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I had memories of uh, doing a drive by. <laughs> I was like, that's not my little life. I just really, last night when I watched it, I'm like, why do I love this song so much? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> why am yep. I? Laura, am I CJ? <laughs> And lastly, Pearl Jam kicked off the second leg of their uh, tour. Yes. In uh, Denver. I believe this is around the time that they got to meet Clinton. Ugh. They met Clinton the day after Kurt died, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Cause, and then they went to New York. for Because the, they, they did the SNL taping like a like that week. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you see... Um, so That's like, next month. Speak, yeah, speaking of that, because um, they did three songs in that SNL. Arcade Fire did four songs last week when they were on with um, Benedict they, Cumberbatch. They've got a lot of good songs. The new album's sounding good, man. That I haven't was, listened to it yet. Well, I, mean, I, I don't think it was actually officially released, but I know that like there's a bunch of singles that came out. It was really good. I'm getting constant ads for it on vinyl, so it must be out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's let's do our tops. Oh shit. Um, for the for the month, I'm thinking Super Unknown is the uh, album. I mean, uh... if you choose Prashanti, <laughs> you're um, quitting. <laughs> I'll, I'll save him for my songs of the year. In the oh, review. what? Untitled 7? Untitled 8? Actually, I'm pretty sure Untitled Seven's a good one. <laughs> Jeez. Six or seven. I mean, the 7th is always a good track. Okay. Uh, but no, Soundgarden, because it is... I'm pretty sure... I don't skip any of those songs. Maybe Black Hole Sun because it's overdone. Yeah. But even Kickstand, Limo Rack, give it. Oh, Limo Rack's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Four Weddings. I'm going to go... <clears throat> see, I was, I was tempted to do Four Weddings or D2. Um, but I'm actually tossing up between Greedy and Guarding Tess. And... The two films that I can't tease you for because I didn't watch them. Um, I know you can tease me for going to something. Yeah. Greedy and Soundgarden. I was tempted by D2 for the nostalgia and the love and it's not Julie great. the Cat, but it's not great. And it's not great. I don't think we mentioned... I mentioned the Angry Dad in Four Weddings. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, his brother is actually deaf. And Hugh yes. Grant actually learned sign language for the film. Yeah, good on When you. I first saw it, I was like, that's fake sign language. But no. <laughs> it's like, got to tear him down about something. <laughs> uh, so next week, we have got April coming up. Um, uh, but before then, if you want to get in contact with us, it's livingthepastpod at gmail.com. Check us out on our Instagram. Um, actually, <laughs> quite regular updates at the moment. We're doing really well. Maybe too many. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you can always uh, check us out on uh, Letterboxd and Spotify as the links are in the description we also have another podcast called Do You Think I'm Spooky it's a X-Files podcast that we do uh, two, two episodes X-Files episodes every week um, that is coming back soon uh, but check out our first season because because uh, it's so, not the best show ever made so many hot takes of a 1993 TV show <laughs> um, uh, look 1994 is uh, going great. I love this. Looking forward to April. <laughs> I don't want to scare anyone off, but oh, it's the a movies. lean month. It's a lean month, yeah, yeah. But come back for more Andy McDowell trying to be sexy. 
Uh, I've already started watching some of the movies there, and it's like... <laughs> what? There's none to watch. I'll talk to you off mic. Uh, so until next week, uh, we will see you later. Bye. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at mildscribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbour, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Thanks.